this week on Ridiculously Bored. So the, the you whole could like, be the guy that gets <laughs> raped in the woods. West Virginia, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love f***ing furry animals. And I'm like, unfollow. Like, she's standing there completely naked. She has a jacket on, completely open, naked. And I'm like, what the f*** is that smell? Hello, human beings of Earth. My name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. Tag team, back again. Yeah. How's it going, Michael? We're here for episode 19. How are you doing? Good, good. Have you seen the tag team commercial for, I think it's Geico? Yes, yes. It's friggin' awesome. Yeah, I, I, I feel it. the same way. It plays on all the nostalgia, the oh, dancing, and the, dance. the kicking the legs and shit at the end. <laughs> that's a great video. That's, that's a good commercial. It sells the product. It's funny. It's interesting. It plays on your nostalgia. Yeah, I love that commercial. That's one of my new favorite commercials right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I will tell you. I mean, just Geico in general. And, you know, they had the whole caveman thing for a while. And then they had, you know, the the, the gecko I could kind of do without because none of those are really funny. But, like, all the other ones that they do are almost, like, almost, almost always hysterical. So whoever yeah. their marketing department is, is or their agency is is doing a fantastic job. And so I don't I don't have cable anymore, right? I use like a, a Roku or Fire Stick, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I have the YouTube TV. So because of that, there are certain apps like History Channel that you can't fast forward commercials, nothing. So whatever they show you, they show you. So lately with that Geico one, I'm like, I'm hoping it's one or two of those. Because sometimes they yeah. get caught in a loop where they show the same one, yeah, it's three the same of the one. four commercials, which is pretty stupid, but it is what it is. Right. Yeah, for sure. How, wait, before we go on, <clears throat> excuse me. How do you like YouTube TV? Because we just signed up for a trial, and uh, I've been using Direct TV for forever, and I'm wanting to to kill it, uh, and and you know, and, and replace it with some sort of a digital subscription. So how are you, how are you liking that? Uh, one, love it. Two, um, so you know, how Netflix has been cracking down on passwords recently. And they're I saying tried is, to oh, get around it. So they're no. <laughs> saying that, like, if you let family or friends use it, they're saying that they're going to try to, um, basically, a, a second verification, right? Like text mm -hmm. to the phone or something like that. So yeah. they're going to try to limit or make it harder for people to share passwords. Unlike that, YouTube TV has um, you can add a family. You can add up to five people who can share your login. So we'll talk about that off air because I have a, a couple family spots that are open. <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to no incriminating evidence during the podcast. <laughs> so a side note, I have a Harley Davidson shirt on today. It was absolutely gorgeous yesterday. Um, I actually pulled the motorcycle out of winter storage. And what that, the only thing that means is I move the motorcycle in front and I put the snowblower in the back. <laughs> That's what winter storage is in the garage. Uh, but I'll talk about the weather a little later. So Quickly, I want to jump into technical corrections from last week. So it appears Richie pointed out, and I guess I can kind of see it for those watching on YouTube. There's a red mark here for some reason. One, it's possible because I just did a pound of blow. I don't know what that is. Doing. <laughs> I have no idea why it's showing up that way when it's I turn my head the other way. Yeah, yeah so it, it's it's a shadow that happens when you turn your head. It looks a like a way. bloody nose. So that's uh, that's interesting. Can we talk about the time that I punched you in the nose? 
in the it wasn't in the nose actually it was in the lip but it was in the general facial area oh okay <laughs> uh, you know what? i think we talked about that like we episode did. one or two we so did. you're gonna have to go back to episode one or two if you're sorry surprised more people didn't write in to tell that story again though <laughs> <laughs> that was as i mentioned on that episode that was the biggest hit of my wedding when i mentioned that that got a standing ovation from the crowd <laughs> yeah everybody's like man i wish that was fucking me i wish i did that shit <laughs> <laughs> so yeah go back to an older episode yeah. uh, so last week we talked about polling the crew the audience the listeners uh, people interested in places we could go so we have some suggestions um, I know you didn't want to talk about all of them I'd like to talk about a few of them and then we'll we'll pick apart some of them as we go okay alright so first all right. the honest to god the best suggestion was from uh, Paul Broccolo was the person who, who suggested it, um, which I'm guessing he's related to that guy, Anthony, who uh, answered last he week. Is. He wrote Philly or Philly with one L, which is the <laughs> fucking the perfect suggestion. Whether or not right. we go there or not is the perfect suggestion. So I have to give him credit for that one. So what are some That's of the other ones funny. you've heard? So some that were thrown out um, mostly by Folks that I know because they're all on the West Coast, Lake Tahoe, which I thought would be kind of fun. Yeah. Salt Lake City, which would be interesting. Neither of us are Mormon, so um, but still, it'd be kind of fun. Great place to we go. We will be after we leave. That's right. <laughs> Get a Mormon wife. Uh, Jackson, Wyoming. Uh, there's a little town called Jackson Hole, which is a little ski resort area, much like uh, Lake Tahoe. Could be interesting. Omaha, Nebraska, which is in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> Unless we're going for dinner at Warren Buffett's, we're not going to Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> um, we could do an RV road trip. We've talked about my RV um, a few times, so that'd be kind of fun. We'd have to obviously home base from Phoenix and then kind of branch out from here, but that could be interesting. And then... Um, Another in the middle of nowhere one would be West Virginia, which I'm particular to because I, I play a video game called Fallout 76, and it's a post-apocalyptic a post-apocalyptic um, genre game that's based out of West Virginia, and all the lore that comes from that area is pretty ridiculous. And I, I've researched a lot of it, and most of it is I don't want to say it's true because it's not something you can prove true because it's all based on personal experiences but um there are lots of like blair witchy we talked about blair witch last mm -hmm. episode they're blair witchy type things like you know <clears throat> things that people have seen in the forests or there's a whole like town and museum dedicated to this uh mothman um and there's a movie actually called the mothman prophecies that was written about that whole experience you know it's another like something happened in the 50s or 60s and some you know a bunch of a bunch of town folk experienced uh, a visitor from the unknown and it looked like a moth so they named him mothman they have fucking statues you know in in the town you know dedicated to it so there's a lot of weird shit that we could uh, we could we could go visit yeah and, and, the, and uh, the idea I mean, is two city boys in fucking West Virginia, <laughs> that in and of itself would be pretty fucking funny. Yeah, I think there was a movie made about that called Deliverance. I don't, know. Yeah. I don't remember if that was West, West Virginia, but still. So the, the you whole could be the guy that gets ass raped in the woods. <laughs> West Virginia, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 whole point of like going to one of these places, as we talked about last week, was not to go and be like, "Hey, we ate at this restaurant. It was good food." Right. It was like. Find the weird, interesting, different things that are around there. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do some research on these. We'll come back. We'll uh, decide where we're gonna go, 
you know, as we've been trying to rebuild, other than Philly, because we all know, fuck you, Philly. Other than that, we're trying to rebuild some of the cities we've made fun of. So when we say things like Omaha and Jackson Hole and in the middle of nowhere, we only mean that you're not as good as some of the big cities. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you suck slightly less than Philly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> all right, let's talk about um, let's talk about some things that have happened this week. How was your week? Yeah, my week was a, a total shit show. Typical. I mean, I don't want to complain about work. Work's fine. Um, just super busy and haven't had really much time for anything else. But um, the uh, the dad situation is getting pretty interesting because he. Uh, I think I told you a couple episodes ago. He gets lost quite a bit now. He used to get lost a couple times a month. Now it's a couple times a week. And the front office for the apartment complex that he lives in. Um, apparently they called uh, the VA community care to have someone come and do a visit on him and check on his well-being, which is fantastic. I'm glad that they did that. I'm not offended in in the slightest. So someone came and visited him. He he didn't really understand why the person was there. He was kind of like, you know, I don't I don't know, you know, what you want. And the guy's like, look, here's a piece of paper that has a bunch of numbers on it. So he took it and he said, thank you, goodbye. Um, then he called me and I came over and I looked at the paper and I said, oh, it's like, you know, it's a bunch of numbers from the, the Veterans Affairs um, Department. So I started calling him just to see like, hey, what, you know, why, why did they visit him? Because they have my address on file, not his. So I was curious as to how they found him. And the only thing I could think of is that it, you know, it was the, the apartment complex because he gets lost quite a bit now. And they've, they've called me before. And if they can't get a hold of me, they're probably concerned. So I called them and they're like, hey, you should talk to his social worker. I'm like, I've been dealing with you fuckers for about eight months now, and not once has anyone told me that he has a social worker assigned to him. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, here's her name and her number. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. So I hang up. <clears throat> I call her. She talks to me, and she starts like interviewing me, asking me questions. Is he a danger to himself? Is he a danger to anyone around him? And I kind of I go through the whole spiel with them and answer the questions. And she's like, all right, well, let me, let me try and call him. I'm like, he's not going to answer. Like he doesn't answer the phone, you know, if it's anybody, but me or, you know, some, uh, a phone number that he recognizes. She's like, okay, well, um, you know, what if I leave a message? He's going to call me back. I'm like, no, he's not going to call you back. Cause he's going to listen to the message and not understand why you're calling. Did you suggest so, she send nudes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Send the news. That'll work. That'll go over really well. Um, and, uh, so I'm like, look, you have to go down and visit. Uh, I'm like, to this point, I'm the only person that has been an advocate for him and saying that he needs, he needs, you know, a nursing home. He needs more help. Right? right. And between his only income, which is social security, I'm like, I can't afford to put him in a memory care facility. It's like 6,800 bucks a month. I'm like, no, I got a family. I got an ex-wife. I got all sorts of bills that I got to pay. Right. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, I can't, I can't do that. I'm not willing to put myself into Hawk because, you know, he failed to plan for his retirement, but, um, I'm like, you know, you guys need to need to do something about it. So I finally said like, go, like, you need to go visit him. Like you need to go see how he's living. And I mean, he's, he's in a great apartment, but he doesn't really take care of it. So it kind of looks like shit. Um, you know, it, it should, they just need to go visit. And so and that I'm not the only it? one that's saying like, he has a problem. Right. Has he, has they scheduled that now? Um, they haven't scheduled it, but yesterday when I was on the phone with her, she said she was going to try and get somebody down there. That's good. I'm that's like, a first right. step. You know, like 
It's one of those things that, as you mentioned, it, it's fucking expensive, right? Where my mom is is even more than that, right? And obviously there's mm. that East Coast uh, yeah. uh, increase that happens on things. And so, you know, the same thing. Like, I, I tried to help my dad plan for his retirement a few years ago, which was, hey, this is what you could do. So if anything like this happens, you don't have to pay for it. And my mom has had Alzheimer's for about eight years now when it was first diagnosed, which means obviously mm -hmm. she had it longer. But when yeah. we first got the full diagnosis, so we talked to him about all the ways to I wish I had, had that much notice. To yeah. get the, yeah, to get the uh, insurance in place, like all these different things he could have done. He didn't want to do them. So he's, he's paying for it now. So, yeah. you know, funny story, speaking of social workers type thing, um, my kid one day, so my son is a big guy like me. And I apologize if I've told this story before. I don't remember. My son is a big guy like me. You've told this story before. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the school calls up. And is like, uh, hi, this is child welfare. Um, your oh, son shit. is telling us that there's no food in the house, and we'd like to get an understanding <laughs> of the situation, please. And I'm like, <laughs> and so I was like, it was such, I was so taken aback by it. Not that I didn't know what to say, but I actually started laughing. I've been to your house. There's no shortage of food. I'm like, I'm like, look, I said, you've seen my son, right? I'm like, he's a big guy like me. I said, it's not that there's no food in the house. It's he's so picky. There's no food that he wants in the house. I said, so there's plenty of food. And she's like, okay, well, you know, this since is the first time, you know, we're just making a note of it. If we hear it again, you know, we'll have to take next steps. So he comes home that night and I talked to him and I'm like, and, and if at this time he was maybe eight, maybe nine, mm -hmm. I don't want to discourage him for being able to say whatever he wants. Right. In those right. types of situations. Yeah. So I'm like, look, I said, I told him what happened. I said, the only thing I'm asking from you is if you bring this up again at school, you just need to mention there's no food that you like in the house. Not that there's no food, but there's no food that you like. And so, yeah, they never, they never came over again or anything like, or called again, but I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> so um, one yeah. of the things that the social worker threw out was um, uh, she said, you know, worst case scenario, we could get adult protective services involved which is like you know child protective services but for for older folks and um immediately i'm like all right is that good or is that bad and then the more i thought about it i'm like you know what? that's probably a good thing because if they determine that he's unsafe they could do something about yes. it like i feel like the social worker for the va all she could do is like make a note and call somebody which by the way uh, i'm not going to get on this all right i'm getting on a soapbox standing on the soapbox right now if anyone believes that universal health care for all run by the government is a good idea, I implore you to spend a day trying to get something done through the VA for, you know, your 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 parents' health care needs. And I guarantee at the end of that day, you will immediately think it's the worst, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the worst idea ever. And, and let me give you an example. So my dad had eye surgery. We talked about it. Um, he finally got scheduled two months later for his second eye surgery. He had cataracts in both eyes. So this is for his second eye. Um, they called and they said, oh, actually, I called them and I'm like, look, it's been two months. You guys said two months. What's going on? And the person on the phone says, well, we don't have any of his charts here. So he needs to get a, a, an EKG to, to make sure that his heart's going to survive the surgery. Right. And I'm like, well, we did that two months ago. What happened to that? And they're like, well, we have no record of it. I'm like, well, I have the fucking EKG right here. Can I send it to you? 
I'm like, you guys you, should you have this on line file. On a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys should have a file somewhere that has all of his important information. By the way, uh, a, a heart test is probably a pretty important piece of information that you should still have on file. And they're like, well, you know, the the general practitioner never sent it to us. I'm like, well, call them, call them. No, nope, we don't have it on file. Jesus Christ, what the fuck do you guys do all day long that you can't keep? a patient's information straight and share it with other departments. This escalated quickly. So, yeah. <laughs> so finally I pull out the EKG, I scan it, I send it to them and they're like, okay, great. We'll schedule them for Tuesday. <laughs> I'm like, you motherfuckers. I've been trying for two months to get him scheduled. So here's, here's the thing. There's the only, and I'm not saying you're right or wrong, but here's a little bit mm-hmm. of a, a chink in the armor or a flaw in your, your thought process. The, no the VA insurance right now and the universal insurance, if they go to that, the VA insurance is a specific branch that's doing it and has been doing it for years. And from most accounts, from you hear a lot of people poorly. Oh, yeah. The, the universal healthcare will be all the insurances companies in one way or another having to provide this service, whether you're getting it from your work or you're buying into one of the ACOs or the accountable care organizations, like that, that kind of thing. So... And you the, think that that's going to be easier than getting one one organization that's been in business for a hundred years to to do something I don't correctly? Know, fucking Canada seems to be okay. With we, it. We, have, Australia we have two seems major to be parties okay in this it. country, and we can't get them to agree on anything. Sure, you can. We've, what you do we've, is you add a gun bill shootouts. on the back, and then we've you had add. eighteen people die in the last two weeks from guns, and they can't get on the same page regarding stricter gun laws. And I'm not going to go down that path, but. I, I just I'm not buying that. Fifteen uh, health insurance companies all combined into one is gonna gonna get anything done. Yeah, look, I I hear you, but like you know, having lived in Australia under a place where it had universal insurance, it works. They what they do is they have an add-on to it, so you have the the entry-level insurance, I'll call it, and then you have a little bit of an add-on where you get a private insurance on top of it, so you can go to the local equivalent, VA equivalent. Or you can go to a private hospital and you can get a little bit better service, better care, some of the better doctors. Like, So it, it's worked. It's worked in other countries. That's the thing. I think it's the process of getting there. Right? What's the total the, population of Australia? Uh, about 25 million. Okay. So that's like less than 10% of the United States. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. And how many people have been shot by guns there in the last year? I think it's zero. Oh, probably 25 million yeah. <laughs> in the U.S. That's, that's in the air in, uh, in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, just in Wyoming. Right, so what's, what's funny, and can we talk about the, the whole gun thing? Because it sucks, right? Especially when children die, anybody dies. Um, and I don't know what the, the gun laws are in some of the local areas where some of this stuff has happened, like Georgia and, and the other one. Um, and, and I'm not an expert on any of it. But, you know, the argument is that we need less guns. And I don't know if that's that's right or wrong. I don't. I don't have the answer to it. This is a tough problem to solve because even if you do ban all guns, you now have to collect. There's more guns than humans in the United States, in this country, right? So you now have to collect 400 million weapons. Okay, good luck with that, first of all. And then and then you've got your the gun-toting uh, conservatives that are like, over my dead body. So th- that's a Waco waiting to happen. In every neighborhood, yeah. right? We still can't get people to recycle the five dollar, the five I, cent right? cans. <laughs> You're going right? to try to bring in four hundred so, million yeah. guns. So, but the only point I want to make is in states that have very loose um, gun laws, like Arizona, um, where 
on any given day, half the people you see probably are carrying. Um, we and I don't know why. Maybe it's coincidence. It could be could totally be a coincidence. But we don't have gun fights, gun issues in the state of Arizona. And I'm not saying this is the answer because I don't know that it is, and it could be coincidental. But um, the people typically tend to avoid doing things like this in states where guns are, you know, kind of populous. Well, that's because if you pull out a gun, seven other people around you could pull out a gun, right? So there's this thing. Right. Look, I don't know what the answer is either, but I, I don't, I think it's gun control and I don't know where the, the line is on it, mm-hmm. but it goes, I, I am a believer in if you make guns illegal, only criminals will have guns. Yeah. That I, I do believe that. So I don't know what the answer is either. And look, I used to own a gun, right? And, you know, you're talking about school shootings. Sandy Hook happened not even five miles from my house. Yeah, that's crazy. And not only that, it was around, it was the year before my son was going into kindergarten. And I had actually called that school because the town we used to live in had really bad um, education metrics. Mm -hmm. I actually called Sandy Hook about putting my kid there. So... Mm -hmm. Look, I have a, a very close relationship to that and to mm-hmm. like kind of what has happened. I know my kid wasn't there. Smurf's, son, Smurf's daughter was there. Um, mm. So one of my really good friends, his daughter was in the school when it happened. Um, so I have a very close relationship with it. So I don't know what the answer is, but there's the, the, the solutions being offered, I don't think are the answers. But I think there's yeah. an answer out there, but nobody wants to do it. And I look, I started joking before when you said, we can't get them all to agree on something. Like I said, you can, but what you end up doing is you take something so simple like, hey, let's give Band-Aids to people. And then the next thing you know, to get all the votes you need, you have, well, we should allow this and we should allow that. And so yeah, you got to win your votes compromise. by getting people to add on to it. Yeah, it's a, and I mean, I'll be the first to jump on that bandwagon. So in, in 2007, so we all remember 9-11. In uh, 2001, they signed the Patriot Act, which you know basically gave the government a lot of broad capabilities in the form of surveillance and the ability to kind of find things out to better, you know, be able to protect us and put things, put the pieces together so that they could prevent something like that and ha- from happening again. Um, so, and and who's going to say no to that, right? Republican, Democrat, Independent everyone's, you, you just can't. Like, it, it's political suicide to say, no, I don't, I don't believe in, you know, I'm, I'm not going to support the Patriot Act, right? It's just, you can't do it. So it pretty much goes through unanimously every time. In 2007, they had to renew the Patriot Act because they only put it in place for six years. Well, when they renewed it at the very last minute, they attached to it the Online Gaming Act, okay? At the time, 2005, 2006, I was making about 10 to 15% of my income by playing poker online at night. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is being recorded. You were breaking even because you had, quote unquote, lost a bunch as well, right? <laughs> you don't want the IRS knocking on your door, especially you're talking about fucking guns. <laughs> With the, statute, the statute of limitations is seven years. This is, nope, this is not, not for fraud. Fraud, it goes back. <laughs> there was no fraud. There was no fraud involved. David did not make Anyways. any income. Go ahead. I did fairly well for myself and my family by by playing poker at night. Uh, they attached the Online Gaming Act, I, I think that's what it's called, the Internet Gaming Act, um, to the Patriot Act at the last minute. It got approved, and effectively it made it illegal for U.S. banks to complete a transaction with an online casino. So at that point in time, 
it didn't become illegal to play. It became illegal to put money into an online casino. You can still do it today. Like if I wanted to, I can go buy some Bitcoin and then use Bitcoin to buy into, you know, any one of the the gaming sites. But the most popular sites like PokerStars and Full Tilt Poker and stuff like that, they don't even want to touch it because it's such a slippery slope that they won't even like allow U.S. citizens, unless you live in Nevada or New Jersey or Pennsylvania, I think now, to uh, to Delaware to um, to partake. So yeah. it sucks because that was a it was a big part of my income and, and it went away yeah, on two thousand on that day. It's funny that you mentioned like the U.S. said, "Well, we we're not going to restrict you from playing. We restrict you from using U.S. funds." That's yeah. the same thing they did with Cuba. People always say, oh, we're not allowed to go to Cuba. That's actually mm-hmm. not correct. It's you're not allowed to, to like for some without a special visa that you have to get. I can't just fly from Miami to Cuba. Right. I can mm-hmm. go to Mexico and fly to Cuba. But where they get you is you're not allowed to use U.S. funds to buy the ticket. You're not allowed to um, uh, pay with a credit card down there because the ones here won't acknowledge it, things like that. That's actually how they get you. So yeah. the argument is we're not restricting Americans from doing whatever they want. We're just, in essence, making it harder. Yep. So uh, quickly, you mentioned 9-11. So, um, you know, it's almost 20 years now. But uh, I got, and I know it's funny to say 9-11 and a funny story, but two things. So for people who don't know, about 50 years ago, 50 or 60 years ago, a prop plane, which is like one of those little planes that like, you know, spread chemicals on corn and shit like that crashed into the Empire State Building, Mm. right? Did no damage. The guy was like, what the fuck just happened? There's a famous photo of him like in the Empire State Building looking outwards. The guy totally survived. So Mm. when the first nine, when 9-11, when the first plane hit on 9-11, the the general consensus was, look, I was only 50 blocks away from it. It was an accident. The general consensus was it was an accident. And as information was coming out, then we realized it was also a big plane, not just a small plane, but at first, it was uh, some somebody hit hit it, and we're going to find out more info. You at the time, you and actually my my girlfriend at the time, both of you called and like now because of all the problems, like cell phone service was uh, was impacted and you couldn't necessarily get yeah, people. Yeah, you couldn't get through. Both of you had left the message something to the effect of, "Hey, what were you flying your little crop duster into the trade center today?" Um, <laughs> You know, we heard there was a little accident. We're trying to get more info. It's still coming out, et cetera, et cetera. So much so that eventually then the second plane hit. And obviously everything changed at that point. Everybody knew it was an attack. It no longer was an accident. At some point later on, and because I couldn't get messages for a couple days, you had called back and said, uh, I now know what's going on. I think my last message was a little insensitive (laughs) based on everything that's going on. So I, I think I was like, dear NSA, I'm so sorry for what I said. I didn't mean it. I didn't know what was going on at the time. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. interesting. And so last night, and I, I want to talk about last night in general a little bit, but last night I went to dinner with a guy, um, a friend of a friend. Him and I worked at the same firm. So it's not the most unusual thing that we were at in the same general area when it happened, but I didn't know him at the time. And he was telling us, we were talking about 9-11 yesterday and he started telling a story about it. And him and I went to the same fucking bar to watch the second plane hit. Oh, wow. And it's funny because— well, hold on. Let's, let's, let's re- that sounds pretty fucking insensitive. Like, hey, we knew the plane was oh, going to no, hit. Let's go no. watch it on TV. So yeah. what happened was, obviously, you're at work, and you don't know what's yeah. happening, and you're kind of right. hearing little bits of information. And the internet, even on the internet, if you looked, it was kind of like, we don't know what's happening— the internet was more in its infancy. And if stage I remember correctly, well. I mean, one of the reasons why I called you right away is because I knew that you worked in that general mm-hmm. vicinity. 
Yeah. So, you know, I worked for a public accounting firm at the time. So we heard about the first one. We're trying to get information. Can't reach anybody. Telephone service almost immediately went down. Cell phone service went down. So we're like, well, there's a bar downstairs that has TVs. Let's go down there, right? So we went down there, me and my friend Maria. We went down there, or my coworker at the time. We went down there and we were watching it. And then when he was telling his story yesterday, he's like, yeah, we went to Heartland Brewery is the name of the, the place. And we both worked for the same firm. So we, we started talking about it more. Definitely the same place. He's like, yeah. He goes, it was me and this guy. He goes, and there was two other people in the, the place. And he was, and I was like, that was me and my friend. <laughs> and then we started talking about things that were happening in the bar. And he's like, holy shit. So 20 mm. years later, we find out me and this guy who knows somebody through somebody else were actually in the exact same bar at the same time. And yeah. the interesting thing that happened with 9-11 was the firm started getting in touch with people or people who were still in the office who lived in the city. And they were like, look, we don't know what's going on. We don't know how long this is going to be. You need to have three or four people come with you and stay with you for the night, possibly. And from that is actually how I met somebody I dated for a few years. Her and I, did, we worked together. We didn't know each other. We got stuck in the same other person's um, uh, apartment for a, a couple mm -hmm. hours together. That's how we first actually met. So it would have been a great love story if we ended up getting married, having kids together. But when I went to Australia, we broke up because <laughs> I didn't yeah. invite her to come with me. So it doesn't have that happy ending as, uh, as some yeah. people might imagine. Most but. people don't know this. I, uh, I have a tattoo on my arm of a clock and the, uh, the time on the clock is uh, 8.46, the time that the plane hit the first tower. That was done on purpose. There's yeah. a little memoriam. So um, moving on to lighter topics. Hold on, before we, before we get off of that, everybody can get a feel for what it was like to be in New York mm -hmm. at the time of 9-11. And I don't want this to be an episode that's all kind of, you know, sad. But um, because there's so many videos of it out there, everybody had a camera and everybody had a cell phone and, and there's lots of, you know, eyewitness accounts of, of what happened. Um, but there was another, I want to call it a, a disaster or attack, but when the, when the power grid mm -hmm. went down on the East Coast. August 2003. Yeah, you, you were in that as well. Yep. And that's a much lesser known kind of really shitty scenario that affected like millions of people for for what, like a day or two at least? It was a, couple, was a couple days. days. So what yeah. happened there was... So tell me about that, because I don't know... I know what you were doing in 9-11, because we've talked about it a bunch mm -hmm. of times, and anyone can be like, oh, anyone that was in that area probably sucked to be them. But I don't think most people know what it was like to live through no power for three or four days. Yeah, and look, and, and, and when, I, when I talk about it, people like down south who are like, uh, we had a hurricane, we didn't have power for three weeks. Like So they're like, you're a bunch of bitches. But <laughs> it's still, the difference was... When the power went out, it was middle of the day, 10, 11, mm. 12, 1 o'clock type thing. The difference was everything shut off. So it wasn't, in hindsight, it's, oh, we lost power for like two days. At the time, it was, oh, shit, we're under attack again, right? So it, was, it yeah. wasn't a, let me see, let me find out. It, it was that same feeling. And so I was at a client actually further downtown, and power goes out. And so now everything shut down. And so I don't remember if cell phone service at the time worked for the first couple hours. But so what had happened in that one was you had the same feeling of, fuck, I got to get to somebody I know or figure out a way to get out of the city. And so my uh, GQ worked for a hospital in the city and they have a command center whenever something happens, right? Because in essence, 
Did you start planning on, are we going to start getting any um, bodies in the door? Are we going to start getting any people who are injured in the door? Like, what's next from this? So mm-hmm. 9-11, they had that. And for the blackout, they immediately go into their emergency protocols. Right. So now it's middle of the afternoon. I walk over to where he is. And, you know, you can't really get many things. So you can't get gas in the city. Um, the lights aren't working. And the, the volume of people in the city is massive. Mm-hmm. So... You, I walked over to his place. I for, um, for most people that don't know, um, I think there's about a million residents in Manhattan. But during any given weekday, there's over eight million people in the I, city. I think your numbers are too low. I think is seven or eight million old. residents, and I think fourteen or fifteen million on any given day. Yeah, either yeah, way, and it's, it's, it's like for an eight or nine crazy. hours, it's like eight million people come in, eight million people go out, type thing. So I walk over to where he is, and I'm in his command center, and they're like, truly like. Oh, we got to do this. We got to set up this. We got to do this. Like you will see in any TV show or movie, like that's what they're doing. And I'm like, well, you guys, and it was the hottest day of the year. And it turns out that plays into it later on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, can I stay here? And he's like, yeah, sure. So stayed for a bunch trying to see if things were going to play out. And we started getting more info and we find out some power grid in like in um, Niagara Falls area went down. And so again, everybody thinks it's a terrorist attack. So it's like, must have got the attacked. Canadians. They must have knocked it out. Like we don't know what happened. So, so I stayed with him for a couple hours and then started going into the night and can't get out of the city. Can't, no shape, way, shape, or form can you get out of the city. So I'm like, um, look, I'm going to go like to his office and I'm like, I'm just going to sleep there. So I slept like in a chair sitting up overnight because that was all I could do there. Next morning, I was finally able to get um, buses started running. So I was able to get a bus from about 14th Street to about 130th Street. I was able to get all the way uptown. And then I had to walk over a bridge because all the people in the city won't go above the city because they're like, well, I don't have much gas. I don't know how long gas is going to be out. It's not worth it for me to bring you up there. So I had to walk over this fucking bridge to get to a point where I could finally get um, somebody came and picked me up and like mm. drove me home because that was like only. So the funny thing is where we grew up is only about 18, 19 miles from the city. It might as well be a world away. Right. When you drive in, it takes you fucking two hours. Yep. If you take the train, because it goes through all these different stops, it takes you 45, 50 minutes just to get to Midtown. So finally somebody came, got me, and brought me home. The funny thing is, as things played out over that one, was, one, the government actually shut down the power plants because they saw a surge coming because everybody must have started turning on their air conditioners and whatever happened, they actually turned down the power and said, we're going to fucking blow this unit if we don't do that. So that's what caused it, but we didn't know that for a couple of days. And we were, I don't know, I'd probably say two days without power, but it also was a case of, I think once you got out of the city, I remember, I don't think we, I think we had power. I don't think it was an issue outside the city. It was just the actual mm-hmm. city that had this issue. So, yeah, I mean, that was, in hindsight, it was like, <laughs> like basically somebody threw a switch, but that's right. not how it felt in the moment. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned, um it sucks living, you know, 20 miles from the city, but it takes a few hours to get mm-hmm. in. When I lived in, uh, I lived in Virginia and worked in uh, Washington. I lived in, lived in Northern Virginia and worked in Washington, D.C. And I was, my office was about four or five blocks from the White House. The, um, the house that I ended up buying was 30, I want to say like 32, 33 miles away. So, you know, should be a 30, 40 minute drive, right? Um, yeah, hour and a half to two hour commute into into Washington DC and that was via train like I would drive to the train station get on the train take the subway into 
DC and then walked from the subway station to to the office. I, I mean, just transportation in general sucks. Yeah. And it's, it's, I know like the, so being on a train, I like it because I'll just go to sleep, I'll do work, whatever. A million options. In a car, you have more control. You control the air, the heat, whatever you want. If you have to stop somewhere to go to the bathroom, you can, like all those type things. Because like on the train, I'll pee on the train, not in a corner, in the actual bathroom. But like if I ever have to take a shit, I'm shitting myself. I'm not using those <laughs> those train toilets. Like Yeah, what episode would, was that where we talk about your shitting habits? I think that's yeah. episode one. <laughs> Whatever. I would literally shit myself, get off the train, call my wife, be like, hey, I'm four towns over, come and get me. I shit myself, bring a change of clothes. <laughs> I'm not those things are disgusting. So yeah, yeah so it, it's tough. Like in, you're at the mercy. And that's why look, the other side of it is right now we've been home for a year. Um, so it's it's almost like, oh, that wasn't that bad now that I think about it, right? Yeah. You're home every single day. So yeah. just, we'll see. So as for the people watching, you could tell, got this beautiful haircut last week. Right? Nice. High oh, is that high. what that is? That is. Oh, okay. Um, so I called this place to get it to, because now with COVID, you can't just walk in anymore. You got to call. You got to make sure they have an appointment. Once you get there, you call from outside to be like, hey, I'm outside. And they'll tell you if you can come in or not. Like, in my son and I usually get our haircuts the same day. Mm-hmm. I can't even stay in there. Like, if I finish, like, you got to go outside. Like, you can't stay in here anymore. So, I call a place, and as So, I'm, is that that's still the case right now? Monday or Tuesday, Connecticut loosened some rules. So, I don't know. Okay. But that was the case as of last week. So, now, like, restaurants, everybody can eat indoors again 100%. Um, so, all that changed, but that was in the middle of the week. So I called the place to to make a reservation. And as I called, it was the exact moment the lady was picking up the phone to dial out. So she must have pressed the button, put it to her ear. And she's like, hi, uh, Steven there. I'm trying to. And I'm like, no, hi, I'm, I'm Michael. I'm like, I was just calling you. And she's like, oh, hi, okay. She's like, is Steven there? We want to, I want to follow up, make sure he's coming for his appointment. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, you actually clicked on the button the exact moment my call was coming in. I'm like, I, I'm calling you. She's like, right. what? And I'm like, yeah. So that that reminds me of a story <laughs> when I lived in Pelham. That's some shit that would happen in the 80s. Like, that's almost... <laughs> well, this story's <laughs> in the 90s, so... Yeah. Um, me and El Guapo lived together for six, seven years. We've talked about that before. Him and I were both in the apartment. My girlfriend at the time was there as well, and I had to go to my parents for something. Remember what it was. But um, I, I, I left. He didn't know I left. I left, went to my parents'. I wanted to call him because I think maybe now we were going to go to breakfast. So I, I called the apartment to get him and, and my girlfriend at the time to get start getting ready. I'm like, hey, I'll be over in a couple minutes. My parents lived five minutes from where I moved into the apartment I moved into. So as I'm calling him, he thinks I'm going to answer because he still thinks I'm home. I, so he's not answering the phone. Eventually, the answer machine picks up. Give you an idea of fucking how old the story is. Right, The answer <laughs> machine picks up, starts recording. And at that point, he oh, please hears, tell me you still have this recording somewhere. I, fuck, fuck, I wish I did, man. I don't know what happened to it. All Me and all my cousins who have heard it a million times, we all wish we still had it. We don't know what happened oh, to it. Oh, man. He picks up now, and now he hears my voice. So he's like, oh, hey, you got it. All right, bye. And I'm like, what? What? And so, like, the, the funny thing is with it being recorded, you can hear my confusion that I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, oh, they, they must have hung up. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. I'm like, Guapo, I'm calling you. And he's like, no, somebody called us. He's like, it's just you and I on the phone now. 
So they must have hung up. What are you talking about? I'm like, I called you. I'm like, you and I are the two people on the phone. <laughs> so finally it set into him what, what was happening. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm like, he I'm not in the room fucking up. next to you. Yeah. I'm like, I'm at my parents. But that whole thing was recorded. So it was amazing. We played That's that awesome. for years. So yeah. So that was something that happened at the apartment. And then the other thing was like being in the apartment, I, I, had, a, I had a girlfriend at the time. And we had split up. And look, I know my wife listens to this, so I apologize in advance. But we had kept hooking up for a while after we split up, her and I. Um, you know, this is 20, 22, 25 years ago. So she became a little bit more freer with stuff when we had broken up. So one time, one time she came to the apartment. She knocked on the door. I opened the door. She's standing there completely naked. She has a jacket on, completely open, naked. And I'm like, do you know if my roommate was home? And she's like, oh, my God, I did not even think of that at all. <laughs> like, so he could have answered the door and been like, holy shit, what's going on here? <laughs> so, yeah, that's There's a whole old... psychology behind why she would do that after you broke up and not while you were dating. Yeah. I don't well, even want to get into it, but there's a whole psychology behind that. Me either. If I understood the psychology, I could, uh, I would use all eight Romans in a month. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Listen I to wanted an earlier to do, episode if you yeah. need info on that. Yeah, I wanted to do a faith in humanity segment this week, but I almost feel like I, we can't. And the reason why we can't is because, I mean, we've we've now had two shootings in two weeks. And um, clearly my faith in, in humanity has diminished uh, over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we already talked about, you know, the, the gun laws and stuff like that. So we're not going to we're not going to dredge that up. But um, I, I, we, we haven't forgotten the faith in humanity segment. I just don't think it's appropriate to do it at this point in time. Cause, um, I don't know. We just got to figure some shit out as, as a country. We got to figure some shit out. I agree. So maybe instead let's talk about Oreos. <laughs> yes. Let's talk <laughs> about a Oreos. Solid segue, right? I'm dying saw, to know what this is because you put it in the notes and I'm like, what the fuck is he writing Oreos down for? I saw a commercial on Oreos. It's called Oreo ID. O-R-E-O. ID.com. It sounds like some sort of a government plan to track us. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds definitely weird to call it this, but it's what it is. So you can go there and you basically pimp my ride on your Oreo. You can do whatever the fuck you want to it. You can cover it with different coverings, sprinkles, other toppings. You could put a so photo is this like on a, it. An Oreo store? I guess. It's like the MM store. Like nowadays, you can yeah. put like your name on it or right. happy birthday or something like that. But and then you get a bunch of M&Ms from it. That's fine. The Oreo store, you do this for the Oreos. And it just was weird to me. Like, I mean, literally, take an Oreo. The one I, I did one, I just walked through it. Just I wanted to see what the cost was. And mm -hmm. I love Oreos, but I didn't order any. Um, <laughs> I chocolate covered it, threw on sprinkles, didn't add a photo to it, which you could do as well. And the price was, what do you think? For one Oreo. One. Like, obviously, you can't buy just one, but... The, the ones you could buy, like you could buy four or 10 or 12 or more. What do you think it was per Oreo if you do that? It sounds like something that would be ridiculously expensive, like five bucks for an Oreo. Yeah, not that bad. 250 for each one. For each one? Jeez. So something where you can get a pack of 30 for five bucks, you can get two done up this way. And you could actually order one if you wanted to. Hmm. So, and, you know, obviously you get start getting breaks as you go up. I just thought it was, do we need that? Like, why? Why do we have that? Yeah. So if if you're uh, if you if you work for Oreo or uh, I don't know who owns Oreo now is it Kraft Johnson and Johnson I, I don't know one of those companies. 
If you work for Oreo in the marketing department, please fire your agency. Give me a call. Uh, hit me up with the DMs. They're fucking, they're failing you. That's a horrible idea. Yeah. Also, if you're interested in sponsoring us, also call us. <laughs> As we just talked about what a shitty idea You'll get you much more exposure on this show than you will for doing, uh, doing Oreo ID. National that's for sure. TV. Who needs that? Um, <laughs> all right. All right. So um, this falls under current events, and it's, I actually don't know how this story will go, but I thought it was really funny. So, all right, before we do that, um, uh, my drink, drink of the week, week, what is it? Drink of the week is gone. Oh. Um, but what, what, well, there's, there's probably a sip left in it, but uh, it's, you know, once again, nine, 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Um, I, there was just no way I was going to have an alcoholic beverage. Although I did think about having a mimosa, but uh, I wanted a coffee. So I made a coffee and I put um, a shot of Bailey's and a shot of Kahlua in it. And I got to say, it's pretty damn good. So, if you back up 10 seconds, didn't you just say, no way I was going to have any alcohol or a drink? And it's like, I put in alcohol. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. What do they say? Like denial is the first, uh, <laughs> is the first step acceptance. It allows, um, it allows you to have the alcohol, but not seem like an alcoholic. <laughs> and actually it's funny. Bailey's has started a bunch of commercials recently. That is basically that message. Like you can have some Bailey's in your coffee in the morning. There's no, re yeah. just drink responsibly. Yeah. I don't know if I want to encourage that, but yeah, so if that was David's the, drink of the week. Yeah, if there's one thing the pandemic has has made me or turned me into, it's uh, definitely a, a connoisseur of the uh, alcohols. Yes, again, show a photo of your bar, please. <laughs> <laughs> no. So we went bowling last week. So as things are starting to open, right, still a lot of restrictions around it, but, you know, like the lane next to you is empty. Got to keep your mask on if the if somebody is like two lanes over. Like there's a lot of restrictions, but you could start doing more things. So my daughter, who's only eight, she fu fucking follows the letter of the law. She is very. So when she was Except homeschooling, when she listens to you at home, yeah, she does what she wants. <laughs> but I also give her what she wants, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. She like there was a day at school where she lo we lost internet, bawling because she wasn't going to be able to do her work that day, bawling. Because oh, that's wow. what's expected. You're supposed to be on. You're supposed to be able to do all your work. So she's a little. By bit, the way, um, my daughter was exactly the same way. So I can I can tell you what the next fifteen years are going to be like. <laughs> just just hit me up offline. Yeah, noted. Um, so she likes to she follows the rules. If somebody tells her you need to do this, she does it. Like she doesn't like deviating from it. She also doesn't like, and this is again being an eight year old. She doesn't like getting embarrassed or doing things you're not supposed to do. So we're bowling. She swears no, but based on her reactions, yes. She went to bowl, lets out a fart as she's bowling. And it stinks. So it's not even like she could be discreet about like, oh no, that that screech was the ball hitting the... She right. It wasn't cute. Yeah. She, she comes over and we, thinking it's funny, start talking about it. She... I have never seen such a little girl go from like laughing and smiling to so angry and embarrassed so quickly. Oh. Full denial, but like it's it's so out of character the way she was denying it. Like, no, nah, that wasn't me. And then she was like, stop talking about it. And she was like, slap our hand if we like were like pointed. We're like, you know, you farted. You know, you farted, right? <laughs> so I just thought it was so funny that how uncomfortable she got over, especially someone like me who like, I, I'll fart anywhere. I'll fart like, and I'm like, yeah, that was me. Like, you know, like that's how I am. So it's funny to see that total opposite um, and how she was. So just thought it was an interesting story that happened the other day. 
So you said something that I want to comment on, um, and you've said it in the last couple of stories, and you were talking about just, you know, Connecticut in general mm -hmm. and how, um, how you know, you still have some pretty decent-sized restrictions mm -hmm. going on in place. So I, I live in another world right now, um, so much so that COVID almost doesn't exist here. Well, it does. You can just look at the number of cases. But as far as the regulations go, like our governor on, I think it was Wednesday of this week, lifted the state mask. No, he didn't. He didn't lift it because there never was one. What they said was that the cities can no longer enforce or the municipalities can no longer enforce mask mandates, basically saying that we don't care. You can't tell people they have to wear masks. And um, like I said, you know, 50% of the residents in my state carry guns and 75% of them are extremely vocal about their freedoms and their rights as a citizen. So uh, over the next couple of weeks, I'm anticipating a ridiculous amount of shouting matches in places like restaurants and bars where people are going to like, you can't tell me to wear a mask. You, you know, it's you're infringing upon my freedoms. and. Yeah. I'm just waiting for it to happen. I mean, we're so far opposite, like most of the big cities. And I mean, Phoenix is the fifth largest city, population-wise, the fifth largest city in the country, right? So it's not like, oh, Phoenix is out west and there's literally, it's the fifth largest city population-wise. So we're, we're only talking what? We're talking New York, LA, Boston, and like Philadelphia. Fuck you, Philly, <laughs> right? Those are the only cities that are bigger than 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 Phoenix, and we're just like, ah, you know what? You don't need a mask. You, who needs a vaccine? Like it's it's absolutely out of control at this point. So, yesterday I went into Manhattan. Actually, we went for dinner, me and some friends. First time, literally, first time I've been in Manhattan since basically around March first last year. Um, and if you're so New York is starting to ease some more of the restrictions, but like if you sit down in the restaurant, because when you're sitting, you're allowed to have your mask off. If you looked around how packed it was, like you wouldn't even know COVID was still happening. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I find a little interesting, New York City has a fucking curfew. So mm. what I've what I've determined is during the day through 11 p.m., you can't catch COVID. But 11 p.m., the curfew, curfew goes into play. So clearly, you must, have, you must catch it overnight. <laughs> Everything has to close down at 11 now. And, you know, in a city that never sleeps. So I, I just thought that was so weird. Like, I don't know what a curfew does, but, I mean, it is I think it is. they're trying to prevent people from congregating in bars at night. I think that's, that's an obvious touch point. Right. Um, and I, I get, I kind of get it. And and by the way, I mean, I'm as much done with this whole pandemic situation as the next guy. Um, I'm not complaining about there being a loosening of restrictions, but I always feel like whenever you and I talk about it, you live in a different world than I live in right now. Like it's just, it, it amazes me every time it comes up. Yeah, it definitely is different. So um, as part of trying to broaden our um, reach we started an Instagram account last week. We did. Two weeks ago or so. and Up to, I think, 250 followers already. Yeah. And so I have a strategy that I'm using to increase our followers, right? Which is I'm going to sites, people that I like, that I think, or like, I'm like, hey, I like that show. I think the people, if they gave us a chance, they would like us. Mm -hmm. So I have not been discriminating at all on who I will add. And so... 
I'm like, follow, 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 follow. I don't care. I do about, I know Instagram has rules. Fucking Instagram police are out there. So yeah. I do maybe 80 or 90 a day. And, uh, you know, I try to stay away from uh, going, asking people two or three times because I thought if you ask somebody and they said no, it, it goes away and you can't ask them again. It appears because one or two people complained that you can ask the same person more than once. Which I, I don't understand that process. But yeah, that's annoying. So as part of doing that is I'm friending a bunch of people. And so like we're following like a thousand people, 2000 people, and we've only gotten about 250 from it. But it's about 10%. That's yeah, not bad. It's not bad. But because of that, there's definitely some, like, one girl just sent me a link, and it was a fucking crotch shot. I won't say the word that you say we can't say, but it was <laughs> pussy. Um, she sent me a crotch shot, and <laughs> in, the, in the crotch shot, it's just like, hey, I hope you're at least 18. Um, you know, here's my personal email if you're interested. And I'm like, fuck, delete. And then sometimes, as, as you've pointed out to me, some of the, the scroll. Now, <laughs> one guy the other day was... Basically, like I love fucking furry animals, and I'm like <laughs> unfollow. Like, but it's trial and error because I don't know who these people are, what they're doing. Obviously, oh. we have some friends who are following us, but there's some others. Here's the problem I have with that. At what point in any society is that okay? Like, at some point, somebody thought that it was okay to divulge that information to the world, and I get that there's some level of anonymity anonymity nope, to again. Instagram accounts. Right? Anonymity. Anonymity. All right, whatever. You got, eight, you got that Anon fucking... Yeah, the QAnon. Anon. By the way, there's a, great, there's a great documentary series on HBO right now. I think it's called The Search for Q. Uh, it's pretty good. They're about two episodes in. I think they're releasing two episodes a week in a, in a six-episode miniseries. Check it out if you want. Anyways, I, I, don't, I, I don't understand when it became okay, and maybe it's always been okay, and I'm just naive, but when did it become okay to divulge information like that in a public forum? I think it's become easier. And I don't think people filter themselves anymore, right? Like I had a, a cousin well, who was Well, by the way, you eight. and I are a perfect example of not doing enough filtering on our, <laughs> on our <laughs> responses. I, um, I have a cousin who was underage and like she's posting on like Facebook and Instagram, all that. Like she has a joint in her hand. She has a beer in her hand. Like, and the, the, the furry fucker, I have no idea how old the person was, right? So- um, but I just think some people, they just, there's no cause and effect because now it's always in front of them. They don't even think about it. Yeah. Everyone's so, been desensitized yeah. to some of the nastiest shit. Yes. And so now I have, um, subscribed to the furry guy from my own Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that it's become aware, uh, that I've become aware of in the last, I don't know, I want to say, I don't know, probably six months is the... Because of the the way the country, and this has to do with politics, and but it, you know it's not where I'm going with it. But because of you know a lot of the far right folks are moving on to these Reddit and subreddit and and different areas, and then Parler, and then all the different kind of places where you can go, the 4chan, 8chan, and then you know the the, the far left folks are doing the same thing in their own kind of you know capacity, but. If you go to any one of these, because I'm interested, so I kind of research all sides, right? So I'll look at what's going on here, what's going on here. And then, so I started digging around this whole 4chan, 8chan th thing. And these are like forums. And if you like accidentally click the wrong link or go, I mean, there's forums on you name your perversion, it's there. And not only is it there, they're posting videos and photos and all sorts of graphic shit 
like to the point of where I'm like, I don't even want to research this shit anymore because I can't avoid it. And the last thing I need is for, you know, one of my kids to be on my computer and that shit to be cached and it to pop up on the screen. And I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, I know I was a little bit naive, but I didn't realize how much of this shit is out there and how easily accessible it is. You've been out in Arizona too long, man. Two things, two <laughs> things to that. One, in New York City, you can find, get, see, watch, do anything you could possibly fucking think of. I remember my, my wife from Cape, first came from Australia. We, I told her that we were in the city. And we saw like, there was a lot more sex shops out in the open and stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, you can go in there right now and you can rent a video on anything you can think of, go. Like, you want to think about shitting on a goat? I'm like, there'll be a fucking video in there of somebody shitting on a goat. Like, that's how crazy it is. Two, yeah. send me that link. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the other thing is, the funny thing is, like, you're talking about caching on your computer. You know, mm -hmm. some of these, these programs now, they're so shared amongst every different thing that, like, you could be, like, look, if you want to go to Pornhub on your fucking personal computer, go to fucking Pornhub on your personal computer. You're an adult. Mm. But it's like that being in uh, going through a certain browser, you can link that shit with your iPad, your fucking kid's iPad, your work fucking computer. If you use that same browser at work, like it's it's crazy. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't get why it needs to be that shared, but it happens. Uh, it's it's pretty, you know, strikingly accessible yes. nowadays. And, and maybe it was always this way, but oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's you're living in this fifth largest city that is a. Uh, well, ironically, Phoenix doesn't have a like. Manhattan has a lot of congregation areas, right? You can go to Soho, you can go to the Lower East Side. There's lots of areas where people congregate. Phoenix doesn't really have that. There's not a downtown. There's a downtown area, but, and it's starting to become a little bit more kind of fun to go downtown because lots of more like restaurants are opening up and bars, but there never really was a, a fun kind of congregational area where people would all gather on nights and weekends to go hang out and have a good time. Um, we're starting to get there, but there's just, there's not. And and the ones that are there, are, they're all over, they're spread out all over the city. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I remember was like something here, five, six miles later, something here, five, six miles later, yeah. something here. Like it, New York, you can walk down the street at 4 a.m. You can go fucking bowling. You can have a drink. You can have a slice of pizza. You can all go to church if you want. Yeah. yeah, all within the same block. Yeah, so, that doesn't, it's, it's starting to get like that in some of the towns, the surrounding towns, but Still downtown Phoenix is primarily business. So teased from last week, or last episode, I should say. Yeah. Um, you know, one other time we've talked about the best uh, meals we've ever had. Um, I wanted to talk about some, like, weird things you've eaten, you've tried, not been able to try, spit out, like those kind of things. Let's. Do you want to go through some? Yeah, why don't you go first? Um, I got to think of, of a couple of scenarios here. Yeah. So... Every year we go to this game dinner and look, I'm not a very big, like I don't normally have deer. I, I don't, I wouldn't order boar if it was on the menu, stuff like that. But me and my friend, big daddy, he has tickets every year. Well, not with COVID, but we go to this game dinner. And yeah. My dad I, used to do that. Yeah. The thing I like about it is that they have all this weird shit that I would never try. Like I've tried mm -hmm. pheasant there. I tried rattlesnake sausage. That was another one. Um, so they bring out all this different stuff. So that's great. So I've tried those kind of things. Elk, you know, moose, um, all those, but all considered to be venison. Yes. Check out a few episodes for that yeah. uh, definition. Um, but there's a place not too far from where I live called the clock tower grill. I think it's called. And every once in a while they have a game dinner 
And so we went there for one, and I had camel carpaccio. So in essence, raw camel, mm. which... Love me some carpaccio, but camel yeah. doesn't sound right. And it, and it wasn't. <laughs> it was not very good. Um, when I was in Bolivia, I had caiman, which didn't even know what it was. I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll try it. It's basically like a little alligator. So yeah. I had uh, same type thing. It was a carpaccio version of it. I don't know why people can't fucking cook some of this meat, but <laughs> um, so I had those. Do you want to jump in? You want me to good keep going? I have a couple yeah. others. Well, yeah, I'll jump in. So never on the weird stuff, just because I'm not as well traveled as you. Um, and, and I know you're talking about something that probably happened in New York, but um, I've always been a big fan of hot foods. And when I went to Arizona State University, about three or four blocks away from my uh, freshman dorm, there was a restaurant called Cluck U. And it was, you know, it meant to be Cluck University, but they called it Cluck U. Ha ha funny, you know, play <laughs> off on the FU. Anyways, when you walked in the door, and I don't think this place exists anymore. When you walked in the door, they had a heat level and it went from one to like 10, right? And once you got to level nine, like I think, and they were all named different, you know, cutesy things. But all I remember is level 10 was called global thermonuclear. That was the name of the heat level of the wings, right? It was a wing place. So um, I walk up to the counter and I'm like, I'd like, you know, five of like the hottest wing that you have. Because at this time I thought like I can take anything, right? So I'm like, I would, I would like to have the, the global thermonuclear wings. And they were like, okay, well, we only serve them in twos. Okay, so you can get two at a time and you have to sign a waiver. I'm like, are you fucking like, what, what the, <laughs> am I going to die? Like, what's, why am I signing a waiver? They're like, well, some folks have, if you have a heart condition, it, it may be too, too hot for you. I'm like, fuck this. I'm doing this. Right. So, and I was with my fraternity brothers and they're like egging me on, like, come on, you can do it. Go, go, go. That good old fashioned um, peer pressure. Yeah. So anyways, we order the wings and um, they, they didn't even have flavor. It was literally like it burned my hand, not hot. Like, you know, it wasn't hot out of the oven hot. It was like, it was almost like touching acid. Yeah. And, and the guy was like, you might want to use gloves for that. And they gave you gloves and stuff like that. And you put it in your mouth. And of course it was like, unlike you, I couldn't even finish the second one. All right. But because I tried and I didn't spit it out. I did swallow the, uh, don't make any fucking jokes about that, but, but no. I did swallow. If you could cut that as the cold intro, that'd be great. <laughs> Anyways, when I'm done, they actually like took a picture of me and like gave me a certificate and like hung it on the wall in the restaurant next to like their wall of like heat and all the people that had tried their global thermo thermonuclear wings. And so that was like the craziest shit that I think I've ever tried. So, you know, I'm not a very big fan of hot and spicy stuff. I yeah. like some, and you know, you've even made fun of me that as my taste buds have died the last few years, like I've increased certain hot stuff that I eat. No, there was a point in time where like table pepper was too hot for you. Yes. It was too spicy. Yes. Um, then not that, and actually not that long ago, I would say into my thirties was where I late thirties, I finally started having like mm -hmm. some little things. That were a little bit of kick and and I still I still juggle it. Like sometimes I'll make a soup and I'll put a couple like red chili flakes in it. And I'm mm. always like, that was one a too couple, many. like yeah. three. Yeah, not, not that <laughs> far off, dude. I do like those fancy chefs that use the tweezers to put shit in. Like one flake, one flake. Um, but anything you gotta sign a fucking waiver for, I'm out. Yeah. Like that's it. <laughs> whatever it is, I'm out. 
I thought it was fanfare. I'm like, oh, come on. This isn't real, is it? And they're like, well. I'm, I'm like, relatively right, sure. I think when I bungee jumped, I didn't even sign a waiver. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was in New Zealand. Um, so, yeah, like, no. And I know you want to do the Bean Boozled Fury, Fiery, whatever it's called. We'll get there at one point, but it, it, I will try to delay that as long as possible. <laughs> Maybe that's how we'll kick off season two. You talk about doing different seasons. Yeah, right. Um, so another, a couple, few others that I tried. When I went to Iceland, I had whale, right, which was disgusting. It was like, and I guess they smoke it. But I that know, seems like it'd be really fatty. Yes. And I think yeah. they smoke it to try to take away some of that. It was disgusting. And it was sushi, no less, too. So it was fucking like smoked whale Raw on a piece of rice. fat. Yeah. And then the other thing I had in Iceland as well, same place, was horse. And like the other people we were with, was like, why are you horse? Gonna, yeah, horse. Like, like, like wow. horse. Fucking Mr. Ed. <laughs> I was going to do Ed. it, but then I'm yeah. like, nope. <laughs> Don't cut that either. <laughs> well, did it taste like glue? It, it tasted disgusting, but <laughs> it was something like, I'm like, I got to try this. Like, that, that's what I mean. Like, I don't even think I ate all of the two pieces. I had a piece of horse and a piece of whale. I don't think I ate the whole thing, but it was like, it's here. I can do it. Why not? Have you ever like, had monkey brains? No. I've never no. had, but I've had, would you um, try it? I would try it. I yeah. had um, uh, the the glands that they do now. They call it sweet brains at places because they don't want it to sound fucking disgusting, but it's sometimes it's sheep sweet brains. Sweet brains sounds really non disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Sweet bread. No, sweet bread. Oh, sweet, sweet bread. bread. Oh, okay. And brains. it's like, that's sheep brains. Or the thi thymus gland from a sheep, those taste really good. But it's one of those, like, if I gave it to you and just, like, here, eat this, you'd be like, oh, this is fucking pretty good because it's the way it's made. Mm -hmm. But once you hear it, you're like, mm, I'm good with that. Like, I don't know if I'll eat it anymore. Yeah, um, I mean, my dad convinced me that you could take anything and make it taste good. When I was a kid, he tricked me into trying tripe, which is the uh, stomach lining of a cow. How has it tricked you when you've ate that for years afterwards? <laughs> Well, because it was good. It introduced you. So, yeah, well, he, he put it in a stew, and it was like a, almost like an Italian like red sauce-based yep. stew. And I, and I had it, and I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. This is really good. And obviously, once, once you've had it and it, you know it, it can taste good, you'll, you'll eat it again and try it again. I don't go out of my way asking for tripe or menudo or any of those you know, meals that have tripe in it. But you know, if someone were to... If I were over someone's house and they made some, I wouldn't turn it away. Yes, yeah, I would. I would absolutely turn it away. I've tried it. It's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know if you know how it's made, right? But, like, if you know the Italian fish, bacala, it comes salted. And what you have to do is you soak it for a few days to get all the salt off of it so then you can cook mm -hmm. it. Right. I don't know if the cow stomach comes salted or not, but you do have to soak it for a few days. And my parents now, where they live now, it's my dad now, he has a relatively smallish apartment. And he was soaking it once, and it. I walked in, and it felt like oh, I had walked reek. into a shit pasture, and the cow was actually in the apartment. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is that smell? And he's like, oh, I'm going to be making tripe later this week, so I'm doing the couple days of soaking. So I don't know if you remember that as a kid of what it smelled like and what was happening. Oh, my God, I it's don't, disgusting. I don't. I think he bought it pre-prepared. Pre he just had to throw it in and cook it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's funny that, it's funny that you mentioned tripe. Because while I don't like it, that's so normal to me because that's, that's been around since I was a kid. Like my parents have it every yeah. couple months because it's a cheaper cut of stuff. You do, like you said, you throw in the potatoes, you throw in the red sauce, you like make it, 
you can make a what they consider a good meal. I want to be very clear what they consider a good meal out of it. Yeah. And they eat it. You ate it yeah, at my and, house a couple times too. Yeah. Well, that and um, it's funny because rabbit was actually a staple in a lot of Italian diets. And most people probably hadn't experienced this, but we had uh, an Italian family um, that you and I used to hang around with the two sons. Um, they lived down the block at any time I ate over um, their house for dinner, they were ha- like rabbit was on the menu, which is really interesting because I have a whole backyard full of fucking bunnies, like baby, everything from like the size of a fist to like the size of a cat. We have bunnies every day that are, you know, sporadic throughout the neighborhood and they multiply. So there's every spring, every summer, there's like rabbits everywhere and my dogs go absolutely nuts. But can you imagine eating that as a meal on the regular? So you must, you must not know this story then. Big Daddy loves this story because I'm such a fool in it. We Growing up, we used to have rabbits in the basement every couple mm-hmm. of years, every at certain seasons. I don't know when it was, mm-hmm. like maybe in the spring or something, but we would have rabbits. And they, what you do is you buy them cheap and small, you feed them, and then they get big. And then as it turns out, you slaughter them. But I didn't know that was what was happening. So we used to have rabbits and then they would get bigger and, and then they'd be gone and there'd be small rabbits there again. <laughs> so my dad convinced me that we had magic rabbits <laughs> that they grow for a few months and then they <laughs> overnight turn back into small rabbits. Wow. And the, re- the, the only way I ended up finding out that that wasn't the case was I walked in on them once, him and my uncles, going through that termination process with the, oh, the rabbits. Oh, my God. It was like a fucking slaughterhouse in the basement. <laughs> we didn't have it for long. I would say maybe a year or two where that was happening. But yeah, I remember we, so I'm not a fan yeah, of rabbit either. I mean, anyone who's grown up in an immigrant household has to understand that at some point in time, they were so poor that whatever was available yes. was potentially your next meal. Yes. So, and, and they ate everything. That's how tripe came to be, right? Like we got, well, we got the stomach left. We've already ate the meat. What do we do with it? I don't know. Let's try and cook it. <laughs> it's funny though. Like, like I said, with you pointing out tripe, there's a ton of stuff that I'm like, oh, I didn't even consider this. Like I've tried all these as a kid, which mm-hmm. was liver, pig's ear, pig's feet. Yeah. Um, the tripe that you mentioned, like those are all stuff I've tried and I just didn't even give it. Uh, there's an Italian sausage called Nulia. I think that's how it's pronounced. And basically, it's the equivalent of haggis. So haggis yeah, in Scotland the is they is boil all the shit that's all the offal is what it's actually called. It is mm-hmm. awful, but it's actually called offal. They boil all that shit in a pig or a cow's stomach, and then they make it into a sausage. Yep. Italians have the same version of that. It's called nulli. And oh my God, we used to have that as kids because, again, that's all the cheap meat. And it became, you spice it up, you make something, and you can have it. But yeah, no, that's yeah, that's fucking nasty. Yeah. All right, I think it's time for the joke fault. We are well over an hour into this episode. Well, we got one crazy question. Oh, shit. We can make this quick. All right. Would you rather live with no internet or no AC? No AC slash heating. Yeah. I I mean, I live in Arizona, so no AC means death. I mean, think about it when it's August and it's 115 degrees out or 120 degrees out and like 75, 80% humidity. Uh, I mean, you just, you wouldn't survive out here. Um, so I, I'll, I'll take no internet all day long over dying. I don't, 
I, I don't even have a, there's not even a, like a question or a choice for me on that. Had I lived somewhere in a more mild climate, like maybe, I don't know, uh, Florida or San Diego, I mean, all day long, I, I don't want to lose my internet. Everything I do is on the internet. See, I'm going to, I'm going to work through a loophole here. I would absolutely cannot live without AC. So I guess. And by the way, you need, you, you need electricity to get internet. So it'd be interesting to see how you can not have AC and heating, but still have windmill. internet. I'll have a windmill in the backyard <laughs> or a fucking river. I'll dig a, I'll dig down. I'll have a river run through. Um, I can't live without AC. Like I am not just, we, we don't have the extremes like you do, right? We have a couple months in the year where it gets a little bit hotter, mm-hmm. but I, I am, I can't sleep when it's hot. I fucking sweat. Like, yeah, I got to have AC. So what but I would ask do anyone is, in Texas, like a, yeah. ask anyone in Texas that just went through this whole power outage thing. Like that, it's not an option. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't mean so, to interrupt. It's okay. So what I would do is I would have no, I would, I would get rid of the internet and then I'd make friends with somebody who has the internet. That's what I would do. <laughs> Always looking for the loophole, Michael. Yes. Um, all right. So joke fault. I'm going to go through a couple. I got a bunch of like small random papers again that I'm going to go through. Oh, the paper ones have been the better ones. Yeah. I'm. Tr- <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool. I'm trying to actually, it's funny because what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to weed out the, the storing of them right now because it's probably mm-hmm. say 30-ish full-size papers. And then there's a bunch of these. And it's like every time I fucking unclip it, they fall. I'm like, fuck, let me just get rid of these loose ones. All right. Are you at least like scanning them for like, you know? Oh, no, I'm actually just throwing them out after I say them. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. This this uh, is like a piece of history, Michael. Yeah, that's uh, like some other things in history will be worth nothing. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go through some of these. Some of these are quick hits. Cranberry sauce is just spoiled jello. Cleaning up after our dog goes against the natural evolution. Natural evolution. Told you some of these I was going to have to build on. And here's one that's so outdated. Why is it that nobody trusts call waiting in an emergency? <laughs> um, this is just a quote that I... Does that anybody I know, down. still know? I feel like my kids watching this would be like, what's call waiting? Well, even cell phones have call waiting. Do like, they still? When you call somebody, you get a different ring when it's call waiting. When they, like, they have the option to switch over. So if I call you and it's like ring, 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 ring. If you're on a call, it'll go ring, beep. Ring, right, but beep. On, on so a, I actually know you're on another call. On a traditional phone, like right now, like your iPhone, like it just rings again, right? And you can put one guy on hold yep. and then you can, I don't think they call it call waiting though. Like I don't, like back back in the day when it was called call waiting, it was a big deal. Yes. It meant you could talk to two people at once. It probably cost something too at the beginning to have. Oh no, it, it was an upgrade. Like it was like an extra couple bucks a month to have call waiting. So this is a quote I copied, but it's in this area. So I'm going to fucking, I don't know what else to do with it. So I want to get rid of the piece of paper. I think in a town where fame can come faster than childbirth in the back of a speeding taxi and leave you before naming the baby, who thinks condoms? I have no idea what this relates to. So, <laughs> Were you in LA when you wrote that? Like what? <laughs> maybe, or high, I don't know, one or the other. So here's one. Now this is interesting. This is an email that I had printed. I wrote it to myself and printed it. So I actually have a date on All this All right, one. so that dates you to at least post 92, 93-ish. It's January 8th, 1999. That's what's on the top of this. Okay. Christmas was good. I got clothes again, but that's not what I wanted. Santa fucked me over again and didn't leave anything under the tree for about the 15th straight year. I might have to stop believing him if I keep getting screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so all these other ones 
I don't edit. I let you tell me uh, that's wrong. NASCAR doesn't make a left. <laughs> this one I edited, and I'll tell you what I edited afterwards. Oh, Jesus. So I'm going to spend the weekend outside the Holland Tunnel in Manhattan and convince people who have out-of-state license plates that on the other side is Amsterdam. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> to save myself from the ridicule, I actually wrote Denmark which is not in Holland. <laughs> when I read it today, obviously I didn't know it then, but when I read it today, I'm like, Denmark's not in Holland. It's so funny because out. Holland actually came up in a business discussion I was having um, with someone in my office this week. And it took me about 30 seconds to click with Netherlands, Holland, Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Like all, it didn't, I'm like, where the fuck is Holland? And you know, I had to think <laughs> about it. And then I'm like, oh, duh. So, yeah. All right, so for the next episode, um, I want to talk about a story where the situation went from like, oh, shit, to that's fucking funny and start laughing. So Okay, that's a pretty good one. I can yeah. think of a few, a, a few scenarios off the top of my head where shit just went sideways. Right, good. <laughs> so, I also think next week we should unveil the uh, place that you and I are going to visit and vlog. We'll do that. And then we'll, you know, strategically plan for future episodes and how we're going to do things. We're going to talk about that as well. Sounds good. All right. With that, I'm Michael Carter. And I'm David Michael. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. bored. <laughs>